And now, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Film Fracas. Uh, I'm glad you're all here to listen. Uh, today, uh, I am your host, Carter Spilliards. And as always, to my left, I have with me the great Brett The Rock Johnson. Happy to be here. And on my right, I have... I'm sorry, what was your name again? I am no one. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> am I. <laughs> Robbie DeShazer. He's here, <laughs> That's right? me. He's here every week. I'm t- <laughs> Why would you be so silly, Robbie? What? What's gotten into you? The devil. Oh, okay. Well, let's move on. So, uh, if you've been listening this season, you'd know that last week, we unfortunately had to say goodbye to uh, Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Yes, yes, it was gone. Fortunately, it was, you know, we had to go back in the, the backyard and shoot it in the head. It was <laughs> it's quite visceral and I don't know why violent. the other ones were, I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's the Paddington one, where he rides a bathtub down a flooded staircase. And we're like, yeah, 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 that's the accepted one for this. And this one was just taken out in the back and shot. Yes. It's like an injured horse. You can't let it suffer. It's like Old Yeller. Yeah. Or Old Yeller. Bull Yeller. Old Durham. Anyway, what are we talking about today? (laughs) Uh, Today we will be talking about, because we we normally, every season, have, uh, there's like an episode about heroes, an episode about villains, and... This is, season, so this is a short season. This is a short season. And things. also, I bet I bet y'all are tired of hearing the same categories. We tried out some new categories. We did a lot of really cool stuff. There were a lot of season. cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and let us know. I mean, on Twitter, anywhere of like, we're totally receptive to new category ideas. Message or, us on yeah. Facebook. If y'all want, like, send the, us an Instagram. If DM. there's an old one that we did, like, if you love the best heroes episode, and you're like, oh my gosh, how could they not do that? You know. Well, yeah. We're kind of yeah. doing let it us, today. Let us, well, yeah, we're kind of doing it. So let us know. But anywho, today we're going to be talking about characters. If you liked best jaw-dropping moment, despite yes. the utter shit show <laughs> that episode was. Uh, it was. I did not like the jaw-dropping wow. moment episode. It was, it was not good. It's good as an idea. It doesn't work out. Or at least that, that episode... We, I think we can reformulate it. We split it. the vote a couple times, yeah, and it just went... We can, we can, but we that's can not what we're talking about no. tonight. Today we're talking about... Well, talk about some characters. characters. So this is heroes and villains, supporting characters. Everybody. Everybody. Every character. Were they good? Were they bad? Were they boring? Were they flat? Were they dynamic? Were they interesting? Were they colorful? Were they... It's another adjective. Yeah, that's about all of them. Okay. Yeah. That, that's the episode. That... Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, You can find me on Twitter. Oh, my God. Okay, well, let's just uh, start. Where do you want to start, Brett? Let's start with Akira. Okay, yeah, let's go alphabetical. So, yeah, Akira. What do you guys think? Uh, Um, The characters? Their drawings, not real, and thus disqualified. Well, this has been a great episode of Film Fracas. I'm Robbie underscore DeShazer on Twitter. Stop. Speaking of that, uh, while we're talking about all these, Brett, if you could send us our list of recommendations just on the group. Yeah, or I, can, I can do that. Because <laughs> I am trying to remember what I have recommended and decide whether. Fine, fine. Okay, yeah, this I'll, is my first episode in a while, but I, I already know my recommendation. I'll take, I'll take care of that yeah. when the time comes. But anyway, let's, <laughs> let's yes. uh, do the damn episode. It's a inside baseball. Sometimes we don't always know what we're going to recommend before the end oh of the episode. Oh my God, let's just Sometimes do the damn episode. Sometimes we have two episode. ideas and one of them we think might have been recommended already. Well, we'll find out. 
So let's talk about Jurassic Park. No, no, we're talking about Agra. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fine. First character we need to talk about is Canada. 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 Not Tetsuo. Tetsuo. We'll talk about Tetsuo next. All right, Canada. What's he do? Oh, what makes Canada. Him tick. Protagonist and <laughs> hero. Brett, you like this movie. Yeah, g- give yeah, us the rundown. I, <laughs> what do you What do you think of Canada? Oh I, I thought li- he was Akira for so long. <laughs> oh, Akira, was- another character that well developed? Not really. Oh my god! <laughs> Man doesn't even show up till the very, very end. Canada is um, pretty worthless. Yeah, Canada's yes, Ka- the he's the protagonist of the movie. He's the leader. At least I. Yeah, he's the leader of the capsule. He's the one on bike the gang. bike. He's got the one with the sweet bike. Yes. And he's that. He's on all the promotional material. Yep. He's yes. that. He's r- real ragtag, rough and tumble, serious, brass tacks, kind of all the time. But uh, he also like, like he he has like a tough love kind of relationship with Tetsuo, but yes. he also really cares about him because. They, they grew up together. Yeah, they grew up together mm-hmm. in the orphanage. the orphanage. Where Canada yeah. uh, spent a lot of time defending Tetsuo. Canada? Canada. It's Canada. 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 Oh, my God. Canada. Oh, my God. <laughs> this close. You know, we were this close. But anyway, <laughs> but I I think he's a good character. He, like, he just kind of gets like caught up in all this stuff that's happening much like Tetsuo does mm-hmm. but he also like he sticks with it he tries to like do his best to because he does initially like try to stop Tetsuo because Tetsuo is like killing innocent people and he's like no like I'm, I'm gonna take you down I'm gonna put you down like he can't be doing this he's like I know this is the hard thing but this is what I gotta do and he's like even like going against like the military and the government trying to stop Tetsuo uh, and then when he realizes Tetsuo is just like in trouble, he's like, okay, I'm going to try to help you, even though I know there's literally nothing me, a kid on a bike, can do against a... Eventually a kid without mm-hmm. a bike, too. Eventually a kid without a bike. And but just, yeah, he... Just a laser rail gun. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, he's super street smart, and he uses that to just kind of like... He doesn't outwit everybody, but he definitely uses it to get by and like his unexpected like... His unexpected actions kind of like definitely work to his advantage and psych out the government. Because when he and I forget the girl's name, but when they like break Kay. into the government government facility, are we talking about K? Is that I, I think it's K, like the the main girl. No, um, shoot, I don't know all their names. <laughs> um, but like Kaori, it's something like that. But yeah, the main main girl from Resistance, they go to break into the government facility to try to get Tetsuo and. They managed to make it past everybody, and then they also managed to make it back out. Yeah. And so I, th- I think Tetsuo is pretty compelling. I think he's pretty, I think he's pretty good. I like him. He's also he got that sweet jacket. It is K, not as K. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I thought. Kaori is the one, the girl from school, right? It's different from. Yeah, I think I think that, like that's Tetsuo's girl that the clowns beat up. Mm, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, and that that's a like that. Cause yeah, the clowns beat up Tetsuo's Tetsuo and his girlfriend. Then Tetsu, then the capsules show up, and then Tetsuo starts 
beating on him and Conde stops him. He's like, you want to kill him? Like, I'm not going to let you do that. And he's like, no, this is what they deserve. He's like, that's what, stop it. Like, Shoan's like, yeah, he's like born and raised on the streets, but like he's got empathy and he's got a heart. He knows where the line is drawn, which oh, for sure. you wouldn't expect from a, the leader of a biker gang in Neo-Tokyo after World War Three. Well, you wouldn't expect anything from anybody in Neo-Tokyo after World War Three. Yeah. So, you, you know it's what I mean. It's the wild, wild west. Yeah. In a sense. In a sense. But it is east in of here. Sense. Or west of here. Anywho. It's, it is a round world. So, um, <laughs> when it comes to Akira, I was thinking about this. I was racking my brain because now it's been, oh gosh. Three, four weeks. Three, four weeks since I watched it. Maybe a, maybe a whole month at this maybe. point. Maybe. And I'm like, how many of these characters have really stuck with me? And it's it's got a, a pretty big supporting cast. Yes. Um, it's got some pretty expensive characters, but none of them are really in the movie to that significant degree. Aside other, from aside Tetsuo. From Tetsuo, Kaneda, um, the three... The uh, Espers. The, yeah. The Espers, the army general. The general. He's a colonel. A colonel. Oh, colonel. My bad. I'm just... But, um, yeah, this movie definitely hones in on its its main pair. Yeah, there is no question of who is, you know... Yeah. Who um, should focus on in this movie. Yeah. yeah. I do think um, that its supporting cast kind of... I don't know. Like, it's it's there and they do stuff, but they're more there just as, like, plot devices, not really as, like, their own kind of sure. characters, I think, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but I think... More of them are, like, moving the plot along than they are, like, supporting the main cast kind of thing. Um, but I do love both Kaneda and Tetsuo, and I love their relationship. Um, I think Tetsuo is uh, probably the more complex of the two, mm-hmm. definitely. Yes. Um, which I really enjoy. Um, I love his, like... Because you see, like, the conflict in him, and then Kaneda doesn't really have to face an inner conflict as much until like Tetsuo goes full, you know, mad evil, with power. evil dark mode. And then Kanada is like, what do I do? <laughs> and so you finally see him kind of broach. Cause like he very much plays the cool guy and he's mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to break. Like I'm going to make it through like the tough man. Yeah. And then you get to the end and it's like, you know, he's having to be like, what do I do? You know, yeah. kill his own best friend. So, and I, that's what I think makes, like, even yeah. though it doesn't happen until later in the game, I think that's part of what makes yeah. Conde a very yeah. interesting person, that he is totally. willing to yeah. cross that line, and he does mm-hmm. realize what he has to do. Yeah, absolutely. But, like, uh, yes, Tetsuo is yeah, op- obviously yeah. more complex, more layered, because it is pretty much Tetsuo's movie. Yeah. And as I said, Akira, wordless. <laughs> what does he even do? It sits in a jar for most of the movie. <laughs> Underground. For- Underground. Worthless. <laughs> and yet you name the movie after it's fine. It's fine. It's, fine. it's okay. Uh, no, but uh, I do I really enjoy the main two, but I would say that I don't not necessarily underutilized, just not Because, uh, like not every movie has to, you know, give all of their supporting cast, you know, a full life because they're mm-hmm. supporting cast. Yeah. But this one I do think could just be the volume of, of side characters. But I do feel like no one in particular necessarily gets a moment to shine outside of the main two, except perhaps the the trio and then maybe the army colonel. 
Yeah, like yeah. The, the the colonel and the scientist that he works with, they're in there the whole time, mm-hmm. like constantly watching yeah. from the background, constantly there, like talking about how they're going to use Tetsuo and how they can't let what happened before yeah. happen again. So you see what they're doing, just feeling like, oh, these guys are super shady. Then they're like, okay, we got to kill this kid. And then also the espers yeah. will have that really weird relationship mm-hmm. with Tetsuo and mm-hmm. the art, the military, and just being like, they experimented on you guys, but this and then like they try to like attack or kill Tetsuo but then they ultimately end up saving him so I feel like there's a bit more to them than you're kind of giving them credit for I mean Mm -hmm. like again like there is so much more about Kaneda and Tetsuo but I feel like I feel like there's a little more to them than just like oh they're just kind of I don't think they're just plot devices they're not just plot devices but I would say that like while you get a solid idea of what's going on for everyone, you don't necessarily get the full fleshed out backgrounds mm-hmm. that you do in some other movies or even the ones that we still have left here. Uh, we'll compare it to like Scott Pilgrim, which is another one. Like I feel like I Scott, know a lot about every single... Scott Pilgrim's a little unfair because they literally flesh out the background of every side character in, or almost every side character in that yeah. entire movie. That's kind of it's a little bit unfair, but that is the game we're playing. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you gotta you gotta you know. Yeah, I know. I, I just take where it's at. We'll get there. Wait, we'll no, get there. I, yeah. I I understand what you're saying. I just feel like there's a little bit yeah. more. No, that's fair. Um, but yeah, you get an idea of kind of the resistance people. I don't yeah. know what you would call them. With they're you know interesting and I would it, a lot of it does help it in our world building one we had earlier. Yeah. Like, I'd love to know more about yeah, no, that. Yeah, no, because they touch on a whole bunch of yeah. little things. And yeah. so while it works to the advantage of, you know, wanting to know more about this deeper universe, I don't know if it works as well in a character conversation. Yeah. But So sometimes strengths are weaknesses. So. That's true. Should we talk about Scott Pilgrim? Uh, yeah, since I already mm-hmm. mentioned so it. Okay, about sure. Natural transition. Here we go. This is our transition from Akira to Scott Pilgrim. Take it's one. just a fluid transition. Okay. Not and, at all weird. And marker? As we move from one to the other. There we go. Scott, so Scott Pilgrim versus the world. It's As we said, I, it's weird because this movie is abnormal in that it gives every single character, even all of the side characters, a background. And yes. so they're all really well flushed out. Do I like every character in this movie? No, I hate Scott Pilgrim. He's a horrible <laughs> human being. He's a horrible person. Is he horrible? He's just not a nice, like a particularly I don't like nice him. guy. I don't like him. He's kind of a dick. He's also a oh, bit he's... of a scumbag. They had to lower the age from the comic to the movie so he wouldn't look like even more of a scumbag. Oh, for sure. There's, <laughs> yeah. Also to get Michael Cera to believably play. But I mean, yes, well. <laughs> I think the 23 22 Michael Sarah could have played 23. That's fair. But for him, it's not, it's really not an I acting. Don't it's think it it, yeah. But it's so, whatever. Yeah. He's kind of a dick. I, I reserve the world word horrible people for like truly just like, you know what? That's fair. Monsters. <laughs> I'm coming out of like the gate Gideon. swinging, you know. You know. Yeah, Gideon's. Like, Gideon's a horrible person. Gideon, <laughs> you know. Yeah. The line, maybe the line is putting a computer chip on a girl's neck so she can't leave you. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah. I was more thinking like Nazis are horrible. Yes, but they are also Scott horrible. Scott Pilgrim they are bad. Kind well, of we're talking, dick. we're talking on different metrics here. Yeah. Yeah. Or are we saying Scott Pilgrim's a Nazi? 
judging by the silence, we are not saying I'm not Scott touching Bowman that one. Nazi. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not going there. With but that. anyway, where, where do we want to? Anywho, where do we want to start? Um, let's just move by groups. I so guess. Let's just talk about all of the members of Sex Bob Bomb. Okay. So we've got Michael Sarah, Scott Pilgrim. We have. We uh, have uh, Kim Pine. Kim Pine. We have Stephen Stills and Young Neil. Young Neil. Do we want to count knives as part of that knives, group? Yeah, knives. Yeah, she might as well count as part. I mean, of unless it. you want to do the knives, Scott, Ramona. We could do that too. What would you rather do? Let's just have like the quote, like good guys. Okay, that, so, that would be like yeah, sex, so, okay, sex, so Bob, Bob, knives, sex Ramona. Bob, yeah, Ramona. Then like the exes knives, and envy. Exes and the envy are on the other side. And yeah, and yeah. also uh, uh, roommate. Oh, Wallace. Wallace. Wallace told me. And, her, and his sister. And, uh, yeah, they're there. Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza, the only supporting character who has almost... Also, his sister isn't very fleshed out other than she's his sister. She's his sister, but she's good friends with his gay roommate who is much older than <laughs> she is. Uh, she is very much up on all the gossip in the town. Yes. Uh, she has. She keeps losing boyfriends to Wallace, but still remains his friend. And yes. And also Aubrey Plaza, who's in the, in the movie for a whopping... She's... 30 seconds. She is in the movie. And then gone. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there there you go. And you, then pops up again when Envy shows up. Yeah, so there you go. Your two characters. Also, Komu, who shows up yes. to tell Scott Pilgrim who Ramona is. Yes. Then you see him briefly at the Chaos Theater, but he's yeah, never like seen Komu. again. Also, Nega Scott, who pops up. Nega Scott's realize, not really oh, a character. I wouldn't say Nega Scott's a character. He's a good guy. What? We're getting brunch. <laughs> He's somebody that shows up in the movie. He's a reflection of Scott. <sighs> we can talk. I just wouldn't I say that not having enough time with Nega Scott is like. I'm just a saying, if Nega movie. Scott is like, is he just the ultimate opposite or the ultimate evil in Scott? We if he's the ultimate evil in Scott, and he's a pretty nice guy, then I'm like, damn. But Scott learns to be a nice guy. Scott's a and horrible anyway, person. Anyway. But yes, um, I like Young Neil. Yes, I, I quite like Young Neil. What does Young Neil play? Oh, yeah, that's a hard question. Tetris. Uh, Zelda. Zelda. Oh, my God. A little bit of everything, you know? <laughs> yeah. But we don't really learn anything about Young Neil besides just he's awkward, he plays games, yeah. and then he replaces Scott. Like, yeah. There's really, there's really not much no. to him. He has... The most significant development in the movie, going from young Neil to Neil. I'm, I'm, I'm going to challenge. He's the only one because <laughs> that's a name change is a significant. Development okay, for a yes, but no. <laughs> like anyway. I think it's similar to the biblical character of Abram, who then became Abraham. You know, just a little bit oh different. My God. But signifying a large shift in his personal development. Where, where are we going with this? I don't know where Robbie's going with I'm this. I'm not don't, going don't, anywhere don't with you, this in particular. Don't rope me into this train wreck. Okay. Well, um, yes. I think it's fair to say when you think about it like that, of the good guys, quote unquote, really you get a lot of knives. And you get a lot, a lot of, of knives, Scott, a lot of Scott, a lot of Ramona. A lot of Ramona. You get a good amount of Wallace just because you're with him yes. you so learn, much. You learn a good a bit about... Um, you touch briefly on like Kim's Kim, past yeah, relationship, and you, you realize, oh, she doesn't like Scott. So you get the you get where she's so, coming from, yeah. But not really much 
besides no. that. And then Steven Stills is also pretty yeah. like. Steven's also not very much of a character. He's just kind of there. Like, like he doesn't do much. He's there and he's like a lot nervous of, and he yeah. wants the band to succeed. Yeah. yeah. So like it's like mostly on like the hero yeah, side. Mostly, it is mostly yeah. Knives, Scott, yeah. and Ramona, which kind of makes sense because yeah, it it's sense. about Scott's yes. life, which is what this love triangle. The villains, besides like the Miyagi twins, you get everyone. And yeah, yeah the Katayanagi twins, and to a lesser extent, Envy. You don't really, you know, Envy dated Scott, yeah. broke, cheated, and cheated on him, then became big. Yeah, but then other than that, her boyfriend dies, and. What what yeah. of what of poor envy? <laughs> but then, like, yeah, everybody else you get, yeah, yeah, you get a full fledged black backstory for all of them. Yeah. So. But even with those things, I feel like you know a lot about these characters, despite not having full fledged backstories for them. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, other than maybe the Captain Yanagi twins, which I, because they really just show up to be beaten. Yeah. Yeah. And out of the X's, you know, they kind of just bridge time between uh, Roxy and Gideon, don't they? Pretty much. Yeah. Because it's also, is they fight the Captain Yanagi twins, and that's where Gideon's, like, even at the show. with Rima. Yeah. Yeah. So other, you know, it's kind of a fill time. Not fill yeah. time, but I would say you got to get five and six out of the way to get to seven. I would yeah. say they're the most filler yeah. of any yeah, of the they're... X's. They yeah. definitely aren't like standouts where I'm like, you know who are some strong characters in that movie? <laughs> the Katayanagi twins. <laughs> That's those are my favorite characters. But uh but the thing I like the, about the X's, if we can if we want to move yeah. on to the X's, is that other even in the, you know, the twins sent like for them, you get some kind of exposition or something about them before they even show up in the movie. Or some you know. Before Matthew Patel shows up, he sends Scott the email and introduces himself, and you kind of know, mm-hmm. you get it, you get the gist of that, so that then when Matthew Patel shows up, you're like, oh yes, we know something about him already, that he is the first of the evil axes, and that he emailed Scott, and they're going to fight to the death, and then you get his whole backstory from yeah. Ramona, and that's fun. And then Lucas Lee shows up before, you know, there's the movie trailer, and Wallace wants to go see... Uh, the Lucas Lee movie being filmed, it's like you have an idea of who Lucas Lee is before. Yeah. And same with, you know, Todd, he ties into the whole Envy backstory. And he, mm-hmm. and so, and Roxy shows up before to challenge yeah, Scott. she just kind of pops up. She pops then up, disappears, challenges, and then comes leaves. back. And then you get a full backstory from Ramona about her again. Yeah. Not as full as the Matthew Bell story. Ju- it's it's basically just, oh yeah, we dated. I was by Curious. Roxy's bitter about it. Mm-hmm. She's by Furious. Then that's about it. Yes. I will say, we kind of glazed over, uh, like, Knives and Ramona. Yes, I was going to... We just started talking about the X's. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying we don't have to talk. Just, <laughs> but, um, since, we were, since the X's came up, yes. I was... I, yeah, I like all the... I mean, of the X's, with any movie like this, it's definitely the more important ones get the more development so yeah. know, Gideon gets a little more yes. Lucas Lee gets a little more uh, Patel gets a little more because he's the first one he has to establish everyone yeah. yes um, but I was just thinking about it and I was like is Ramona a completely static character because she's basically the same at the beginning as she is at the end 
Yes. The only difference is mm. she gets liberated from Gideon, but that's because Scott does that. She she exists to be. It's it's an issue I've had with this movie for a while. Is that Ramona, at least in the movie, since I don't know if it's for sure the same in the graphic novels, but almost just kind of exists to get saved by Scott yeah. in the end. Which is kind of it's weird because it's like she's set up to be this very like strong independent like character but then like it it's weird because when we meet her like she is like this strong independent character but she only gets like wrapped back up with Mm -hmm. getting and then only needs to be saved because scott gets involved with her life and like brings all he's he's kind of responsible for the exes like coming there to toronto where she went to try to get away from everything and so once again scott's a scumbag I mean, he didn't do it intentionally. He just liked this girl. He didn't know what he was what, what was gonna true. what was gonna happen. And so it is kind of interesting because it's like, yes, she does need to be saved, but it's not like, oh, hey, I'm this girl and I need to be saved. It's like, oh yeah, there's this stuff going on in my life, yeah. and then he just kind of like, not by like happenstance, but through I this mean, un- unintentionally by like, of, yeah. date, of wanting to date her. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like, it's but not at like the she same was. Time, while she is presented as independent beforehand, we don't know any of that yeah. or anything about her. It's one of those things where it's like, you have to look at it, you know, what does the movie present to you? And the, what the movie presents to you is a character who is defined by her seven evil exes. Yeah. And while I don't know if that's particular, like bad writing or something, it is, it fits very well, it's easily not, into. I wouldn't say it's bad writing. It's just, it's one of those things because it is just below the surface. So if you're just watching the movie, you know, surface interpretation, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I love Ramona. She's great. But if you sit and think about it for a second, some things start to show. Like, if you watch the movie, cursory, you're like, oh, yeah, Scott, save the day, gets to go with the girl at the end. It's all great and fun. But you sit about it for a minute, you're like, actually, no, Scott's Scott's kind of awful. And you're like, he's really he's really a dick a lot and not a very nice person. And you think about it and you're like, well, Ramona doesn't really do a lot. She, like, gets, you know... She's in the exact same position she is at the end as she was at the beginning. And her character doesn't change at all. I would argue that the most dynamic character is Knives. Because Knives has this loss of innocence and has to learn. That's true. She has to learn and go through this whole journey of having to accept. And at the end, she ultimately is like... I mean, she's like, oh no, you can go with Ramona. But it's like, at that point, Scott, she should have been like, no, leave. I don't want to see you again. (laughs) Because she is kind of like, I'm too cool for you. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of like as close as she would get to just be like, I don't want to see you ever again. Yeah. yeah. So I would I would argue that, that Nyes is the most interesting character in this movie. Oh, for sure. Um, like, Scott also isn't that dynamic of a character. Like, he, he earns the power of self-respect at the end. But does he? Yes. Was he, was he lacking self... Yeah. The thing I never got about it was, was he lacking self-respect other than just being, like, in a slump after getting cheated on and broken up with and then like he dates a high school girl because he thinks that like he needs to be the powerful one in a relationship or like other than like just finally getting over a bad breakup and you know moving on is that self-respect that he's gaining i don't you know but anyway i i think he goes through a pretty significant change because he goes from being a complete just jerk dick terrible person to becoming like just a decent person, <laughs> a decent person, a better person. Yeah. So, so I know I, that it's like 
it's a going back to Ramona because I I just looked it up to see like you know do people think that you know she fits the manic pixie dream girl like you know trope or whatever and I think the issue is in the graphic would you, novels would you like to explain that to our listeners oh to uh, explain the manic pixie dream girl trope is that uh, it's a girl written primarily by male writers who exists essentially to make a male character better and kind of as an accessory other than that. You know, she's... Her purpose in a novel, in a movie, or whatever, is to make the male character better and not much else. Which I would say that maybe in the comic books, she, where she's a little more... Fle- where all the characters, even Scott, have a little bit more room to breathe because they've got several, you know, seven books? Six. Six books. Two. Uh, you know... Yeah, you, out everybody. you got a lot more about... I feel like you might get a lot more about Ramona, whereas in oddly, a two-hour movie, you kind of have to strip some yeah, of that away. Oddly enough, like the twins are like a very pivotal point in the books. See, and that's just something that, you know... Like, you got to make sacrifices somewhere. While the character of Ramona, in the grander scheme of things, in the, the books or in, you know, Brian O'Malley's original idea for her, might not fit into... The Manic Pixie Dream Girl, I feel like the adaptation does maybe fit into some of those tropes and get stripped away. But I don't, I don't think it's as... I don't think it's as bad as, like, other examples of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Like, when you look at... Uh, what, would you consider 500 Days of Summer? Yes. Like, 500 Days of Summer, Elizabeth Town. Oh, there's some really bad like the real Like, I feel like even if Ramona, like, does fit some of those tropes, I, she's not as bad as... Oh, like and the, the other manic pixie dream yeah. girls. What I think the issue is it's that when you have to strip away some of that stuff, yeah. a character that's maybe meant to deconstruct that trope can sometimes end up falling into the you know, maybe. Because mm-hmm. I I could I could see her being you know a chance to deconstruct that because I don't think that yeah Brian O'Malley sees Scott Pilgrim as a good guy or any, you know no mm-hmm. not not at all. So like I feel like in that sense where Ramona is supposed, you know, really is supposed to show him he's a dick, like, and also be a full-fledged yeah. character. You know. Well, it's one of those things where, like, it, it almost looks like it was one of those things where in trying to deconstruct the notion, they ended up becoming it. Like, they didn't take that next step to actually be a commentary on it, and they just kind of fell into being what it was yeah. trying to comment well, exactly on. Exactly what I'm saying. Like, when... Adapting her from, you know, doing bo- de- mm-hmm. both deconstructing and helping Scott when you have to adapt it to a two-hour movie. Yeah. As much as you want to deconstruct yeah. that, the plot device. Things get, <laughs> yeah, things get skimmed over, things get shortened and abbreviated. So, but... But, yeah. unfortunately, we are just looking at the movie here. Yes. But, back to Knives, I think that she is... She maintains, uh, you know, a lot of the development that character needs yeah she's got a solid arc i think she goes through the most i don't know defining arc yeah probably because i think i mean scott definitely has an arc he's in a different place at the end than he was at the beginning yes Mm -hmm. but it's just not that significant of a change i think for him um but i think knives 100 percent is in a completely different place yes and i feel like scott it's that's a whole story about him kind of taking the first step into being a better person. Yeah. And but how is that, he that better of a person? 
We'll never know. Well, no, we don't. Because <laughs> it ends. <laughs> but like, like I said, like his, it's clear that his story of, by the end of the movie, that his story is really just kind of starting. The yeah. Self-discovery and self-respect. Mm-hmm. And while that's, you know, not explored in the movie, the movie's not about his full redemption yeah. as much as it is about realizing he needs redemption. Yeah. So yeah. he has some change, but it can't be a significant fulfilling change because that's not what the movie's about. Whereas Knives, who needs that full change in order to, you know, sh- yeah. her story, you know, for the most part is done at the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll find out more in the sequel. Scott Pilgrim Two. Scott breaks the internet. Oh God! No. <laughs> um, I was gonna say Scott Pilgrim versus his, himself was. Oh. But. Moving on. Scott Anywho. Pilgrim versus himself after he stands there, up. Nega Scott. Is there <laughs> anyone else that we'd like to touch on, or shall we move to Jurassic Park? Oh, uh, we didn't talk about Gideon at all. Oh, we, well, yeah, we touched him a little bit. Gideon's yeah, he's 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 a pretty good villain. He's scummy. He's what I think is the best kind of villain, which is a reflection of the hero. And you get that in Akira, too. Yeah. Because Tetsuo Very is the reflection much. of Kaneda. And I always think I always think the best villain is a reflection of the hero. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you 100% get that in Gideon and Scott. Gideon's very much... I think he, he gets on that journey of like self-respect and discovery. Because when you look at it in the final battle, Gideon's like, Oh, what if Scott kept being a scumbag and only got worse? And that's like yeah. what Gideon is. And so Scott sees that and is beaten by it and then discovers, no, I can be a better person mm-hmm. and comes back to life and you know, saves the day. Yeah. And in that first, that first final fight, he does, you know, choose to kind of be the scum or, you know, mm-hmm. chooses to be the more passionate, scummier person and ends up losing because yeah. of it. And you can see that, you know, while that makes Gideon powerful, yeah. it's not what, you know, Works to have a full, fulfilled life or arc yep. or whatever. But I like Gideon. He's a lot of fun to watch. Jason Schwartzman does a fantastic I job. I love him. Jason Schwartzman. So, it's so good. He I plays it. watch him in just about anything. It's one of the, I think, I mean, honestly, the casting in this movie is spot on. Yeah, I'm not really talking about casting, but. We can, we can say a little we bit We can touch on it. This, yeah. would be the, this would be the place Kieran to touch Culkin on it. Kieran Culkin as Wallace is. I love Kieran Culkin. <laughs> Y'all, if you haven't been watching Succession, oh my God. I love Kieran Culkin, but uh, also yeah. Infinity Baby on Amazon, also good. Mm. But uh, check out Kieran Culkin. Shout out to Kieran Culkin. Aubrey Plaza, Kieran Culkin, even though it, come on, she's not come on the in podcast. a lot of the movie, makes a big impression. Yeah. It's distinctly one mm-hmm. of the first things I remember yeah. seeing. Anna that. Kendrick, Aubrey Plaza, even though they're in brief roles, yeah. definitely make a statement. Mm. I love so, anything with Mae Whitman in Brie it. Brie Larson, yeah, I love but, Mae Whitman. But would it be fair to call this like an ensemble cast? Yes. Okay. This is quite the ensemble. Yeah. Over the Brandon weekend. Brandon Routh. I in, love Brandon Routh. Over the weekend in uh, <laughs> Houston, I finally saw The Duff with oh, Chad May Whitman. Is it good? Uh, what I said about it was it's better than the trailer made it look is it? in, you know, 2015 mm-hmm. when it came out. Having been The Duff in a group of friends, I it's was better, like, It's better than the trailer makes it look. Too close to it's home? still not great. Yeah. May Whitman does a great job, that mm. being said, though. She's Katara, also. Shout out to Avatar. Her? Her? Avatar, come on the show. Anyway, we've gone completely off the show. The Avatar rails, needs so. to come on the show. Come on the podcast. But, uh... <laughs> Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park.
Sorry. This movie um, is definitely gifted with the fact that it has a smaller ensemble, and so every character gets a little bit more to do. Uh, for sure. For sure. Uh, even the supporting cast, you get, uh, I mean, you get the hunter. Yeah. So who guy. would you, I mean, like, other than, like, there's some clear supporting characters. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember the, the name. The, oh, God, what is it? Like, uh, God, do I remember anybody's name from this movie besides, like, Alan Grant? Only the people that live? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> is it, like, Robert, Roger? I don't know. There's Dennis Nedry. Something. And Ray Arnold oh, yeah. is is Samuel Jackson. Oh, that's his name. Tim and Lex Murphy are <laughs> the Tim and kid. Lex are yeah. the kids. Yeah, got Henry Tim and Wu. Lex. Doctor Henry Wu played. Oh Danny, yeah. Danny Wong. Who? Wait, uh, yeah, he just you just see him at like. God, do you do you only see him in like that one sequence? In the when like when the raptor hatches. Yeah. And then you ne- oh god you never see him again no. and yet he's, in. Oh god! How did I not? For... Oh god! Wayne Knight is uh, Dennis, Dennis Nedry. Yeah. yeah, Dennis would... steals the egg. Yeah, I would say you got embryo. yeah you've got your you got your primary characters. You got your Alan Grant, your Ellie Sadler, Ian Malcolm, John Hammond, um, and then past that, cause Tim and Lex, Dennis Tim and Lex, Nedry, and Dennis Nedry, and then after that, kind of everyone else. Everyone else a little bit, um, but there really isn't that big of a cast. To begin with, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but that main group, that, that main, main core, you get a good amount of all of them. You understand who they are. Uh, yeah, I'm makes a them fan tick of a little bit. all of them in some yeah. sense. You know, yeah. So I don't like what Nedry does, but no, like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's a watch. That's the thing for a character like Dennis Nedry. Could be very one note, and you're like, oh, he's just the bad guy, you know, stealing it for greed. But you get bits here and there of him talking to Hammond, and Hammond even says, I'm not going to have this fight with you again. So you know that this is a, a problem, that, you know, he's in some kind of financial predicament. Right. Yeah. And, you know, even when, when Samuel Jackson's like, I hate this hacker shit, and you're like, oh, that you know, kind of goes with the character of Dennis Nedry. You'd know he would be some, like, scuzzy, you know, early 90s hacker bro of course. kind of guy. And then, of course, you know, hacker extraordinaire, yeah. Lex Murphy. And then you got Lex Murphy, who's a good hacker. She's a black hat. Fantastic hacker. Yeah, fantastic hacker. It's called hacking. It's called hacking. Uh, Except it's not really hacking. It's just no. using the computer. Yes. It's called it's hacking. It's a Unix system. <laughs> It's called, it's called computers. Hacking. What do they do? do How they do, do they work? Uh, um, no, but if we're going down the list, um, okay. I'm trying. To, I haven't read the book. When was the book originally published? I don't know. Did uh, it have all the hacking stuff in it? Uh, it? it it did. It actually it it fleshed out Nidri so much more because he like all the bugs that he's like brought in to fix. He actually like put those there so he could get back to the island okay. so he could steal the embryos. So Jurassic Park's a 1990 movie. This was me. Okay. So there's well, a lot yeah, more. The with, there's a lot more with Nidri in the book. So and almost. in the book, Lex and Tim's roles are completely reversed. Tim's older, and he's the one that actually like tries to do the hacking. He's the one that gets like all the systems back online, whereas Lex is just kind of annoying and a child. Well, kudos for them making the the girl the stronger character. Yeah, good job on Steven Spielberg yeah. there for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Steven sure. Spielberg, who often you know. Puts young, precocious boys in his movie. Yes. Good on him for being like, 
no, let's, let's give the girl some time to shine. Yeah. You know? But yeah, starting at the top, Dr. Alan Grant, your paleontologist extraordinaire. One heck of a paleontologist, if I do say so. Yeah. Yes. Doesn't like kids at the movie, at the end of the movie. He's okay with kids. Big difference. Big difference. That, that is a lot. That is, I know, like, in a movie sense, that's... In know, a nutshell, that doesn't sound like a lot. But he, you see him, you see his character change as the movie progresses. Yes. He definitely goes into the, into the, like, protective mode. I still, I still just love the look on his face before he tears that kid a new one. Yeah. Just... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but yeah. well, well acted in that sense. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna turn that into some productive discussion there, Doctor Alan Grant. Yes, Doctor Alan Grant. He's good. He's he's got the charm. He's got, you know, the charisma. I think. I was reading some people knock his American accent. It's never bothered me. Did it bother either of you? No. Oops. No, not never really. It's never bothered me. I heard some people talking bad about it on the internet. Which is where people go to talk bad about everything. Yes. And I the was internet's like, a terrible place, and I, and like, I hate it. Why are you talking bad about <laughs> Sam Neill's a treasure? It's called hacking. Oh, my God. Not. But yes. Um, yes. Good character. Uh, Laura Dern. Laura Dern's Ellie Sattler. Ellie Sattler. She's a, bot- a paleobotanist. Paleobotanist. Yes. Yeah. This she- movie, if this movie did anything, it was teach me that not to just call them both archaeologists yes <laughs> two very different things yes <laughs> ellie sattler i think uh, definitely gets some some good moments to shine whether it's you know she taking gets her head yanked towards a dinosaur that's true whether it's you know taking control of the situation uh when someone has to go turn turn the lights on and going yeah. doing that and she's she's very much keeps her calm yes. for a good amount of the movie for a good amount of the movie yeah i mean i like it's weird because they're in two completely different situations the whole time, but I feel like, no, see, it, yeah, it doesn't sound fair because I was going to say, like, I feel like Ellie Sattler, like, does more than Sam Neill does, but they're in two completely yeah. different situations. He's trying to survive and get yeah. back where she, like, yeah. actually, like, she goes out and she get she helps them, mm-hmm. like, find out what happened yeah. after the T-Rex's attack. She helps them, like. She helps save Dr. Malcolm. She helps mm-hmm. get the lights back on and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Neill's definitely more in a let's just survive. We got to survive I have to, and I have get to protect back. these kids. Yes. Because like, you, yeah, you, and you can kind of. Yeah, so that's why I said it was yeah. kind of unfair. So it's a different scenario. Yeah. And he definitely, I mean, he has, I mean, less to do, I guess. But well, it's yeah. also, it's never not interesting because I think the, the, his has a lot more like character moments mm-hmm. of like him. With the with the brachiosaurs, but they both fulfill very similar roles in that they are kind of the calmer adult presence, yes. the knowledgeable presence. Yeah, they're definitely the, more like the the straight man kind of. Yes, and I think they both fulfill those roles yeah. very well. And you know, it's yeah. the reason why you need both of them there is so mm-hmm. that when they do get split up, when the dinosaurs get loose, they aren't you know. Yeah. Well, and you even you get, aren't just sitting around twiddling yeah. your thumbs, going, "Ah, oh, I wish there was someone who knew something about dinosaurs here." But, yeah. I mean, like, no, no one, like, none of the characters except for like the lawyer who dies very promptly yeah. would just sit there and be like, "Well, there's nothing we can do because they're all like even all experts, e- even yeah. John Hammond's like trying to do whatever yeah. he can. Like, they're all trying to do something. They just 
Yeah. Not all of them know everything about dinosaurs and paleobotany. Yeah. I also love, because you get a really good idea of their relationship. Yes. Because you get a lot of them interacting on the dig side at the beginning. And you're like, there's, there's like a quasi-romantic thing going on here. But then also, he's like, oh, I don't want kids kind of thing. And you know that's a, a definite like point in their relationship. But then also when you have like Ian Malcolm, who we'll get to in a minute... The great Dr. Ian Malcolm, chaostician from the University of Texas, uh, goes to, uh, is, is like flirting with her, and you can tell Alan Grant's getting jealous. So there's definitely like, the, I think their dynamic, that whole kind of, it's not really a love triangle, but that. No, no not, not, not at all. Not at all. Not in any sense. But I do think it's quite funny. Because Gr- Dr. Grant shuts him down. Yeah. He's like, Dr. Sattler, is she? Yes. Oh, are you two? Yes. And there it is. Yes, but, but I do, I do, I like that whole dynamic. You need Ian Malcolm yeah, to be there play. to even have that conversation. Yeah. It's, it's not a love triangle as much as it is just a mm-hmm. quickly halted it, flirtation. Yeah. It's just Ian Malcolm being this. You definitely get. That it definitely guy serves that he is. his character. Yeah, of like who he is. Um, I love Ian Malcolm. To be fair, Ian Malcolm, I would you know is probably the most. You know static i would say of these characters yeah yeah he, he doesn't he, do a lot he, he really doesn't he's do at anything a, he's at a commission for a lot of the movie he's the comic relief to be real honest which is an important role in a movie but the character itself i mean doesn't like yeah we're like like, Rob, really like robbie said we're talking about the characters not yeah. the movie and so like he really doesn't do anything except give his speech yeah. at the beginning life finds a way whatever and then yeah. he doesn't really serve any purpose i mean he's he distracts the the T-Rex. Which Dr. Grant was already doing, and then he yeah. kind of bungled it and kind of made things worse for everyone. But he still was trying to help. When Dr. Grant told him not to. I know. I'm not like, saying it was a good idea. I'm just, you, that was, you, that keep, was, you keep I'm just bringing that, it up, and I'm it's like, that, was, that wasn't a good thing. He just, did a dumb thing. I know and then, he did a dumb thing, but that's something he did. I'm not saying... He, oh, okay. I'm saying he also did other stuff in the movie. Yes. And then oh. after that, when he's injured, he's pretty much out of commission for a good portion of the film. And like he really doesn't... He really doesn't do that much. He doesn't do a lot. But I do love him. It's like, yes, I love him too, but, but yeah, when, when we're you, looking at the character, You gotta call a spade a spade. Yeah. He doesn't do a lot. Now, Hammond, on the other hand, I think is, once again, this is like a Knives Chow situation. Hammond, I think, is the most dynamic character in the film. Because you go from this man in love, praising this creation, thinking it's gonna change the world and be the best thing ever, and then at the end, you see him resigned to the fact that no, he's truly created. Well, yes, this both he kind of and horrible state. Ian Malcolm go through kind of this, whereas uh, John Hammond, you know, he puts it out there as awe and pride. Yeah, you know, Jeff Goldblum's kind of a uh, Ian Malcolm's kind of a cocky, sarcastic ass. Yeah, about, he's also like, this is bad. <laughs> well, he's like, this is bad, but at, by the end of the movie, he's like, oh, this is, you know. Because, I mean, I go back to the dinner conversation. I don't think... Ian Malcolm was never on board with it. No. Because he's... He, from the get-go, he was, he's From like, the get-go, he was like, you, you, you've done you were, the unnatural. Yes. You were so preoccupied with yeah. whether you could. You never stopped to think, think if you should. He and, was, then, and then at the end of the movie, yeah. he's like, I told you so. Yeah, he was perhaps the most against it. Right. Yeah. And so I think he's ultimately proved correct. But that goes back to even his opinion doesn't change on it. So he's yeah. still pretty static the whole yeah. time. But he goes, he goes from, you know, I'm the know-it-all to... Oh God! What really, really, you know? Well, he's made. You're saying more, he's like humbled? Not, not even humbled, but like he's 
becomes more resolute in it and like changes his tone from, you know, I'm the no, you know, he could end up, he could have ended the movie and been like, oh, look at me. I was right. You guys all should have listened to me. But instead is like, you know, there's real danger here, you know? trying to think does he get a word in at the end not really no but the way he, i guess i guess more of what i'm looking into yeah is like, that might be a more is that more of a, of a lost world i think kind it's of more of a you interpreting yeah and also his characterization and, and yeah his position in the lost world as well as which further to, yeah we have to yeah, yeah. focus in on yeah that's why i didn't bring up the lost because yeah lost world he does a lot of shit he yeah. also isn't necessarily that dynamic in that movie but that's beside the point <laughs> That's a different conversation. Characters, I think, pretty much what he is. Yeah. And <laughs> doesn't change. Yeah. But, uh, no, but I definitely think Hammond has the most interesting journey. And especially when you get him being all wistful, talking about the flea circus. And, I mean, that whole scene, you kind of get a look into what he's trying to do. Because he has the best intentions. Because even when he's talking to the lawyer, and the lawyer's like, we can charge millions and all this stuff. And he's like, I, this is not, you know, to cater to the super rich. He doesn't want to cater to the super rich. I mean, this is... He, he wants to help everyone. Like, he, he makes it... He makes Jurassic Park available for everyone. That's the whole point. Um, and so I think you kind of see this. He has the best or intentions. he's going to make it. Yeah, or he's going... He, he has the best intentions. But then at the end, when, when Grant says, after careful consideration, I've decided not to endorse your park. And he looks... You can... That you can tell his resoluteness. Yes. When he looks down solemnly and says... So have I. Yeah. And so in that, you get this... Yeah, you definitely see... You definitely see this journey of him realizing mm-hmm. I've created a monster, basically. Mm-hmm. And then when you get the shot of the, the pterodactyls, that's basically like the world has changed. Yes. Whereas, it, like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just making this comparison just to make conversation. But like, in yeah. the book, he stays a bad person. And yeah. he, he dies in the book. Mm-hmm. And like spoilers. He, oh, sorry, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like in the everyone knows this podcast is full of spoilers. <laughs> yes, but I haven't read the book. Neither have oh, I. No. Spoilers. In the book, he dies, but like as he's like he breaks his leg and he's like trying to climb up a hill. He's kind of like, oh, what went wrong? And he's like, oh, like woo, like oh, I, I, I chose the wrong guy. I'll get somebody else. I'll get somebody better than him. We'll do this right. And he's like, oh, why did I bring those damn kids with us? Like, ah, jeez, ugh. Mm-hmm. Like, like. And he's like, and he's like thinking about that right before he dies, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh god, this is a, he's not a good person. Yeah, no. no. But in the movie, yeah, he is. like in in the movie, yes. So, yeah. or at or, least well, is a regretful. He, at least is a remorseful character. Like he recognizes what yes. he did. Yeah. I mean, even then, he's not a bad person. Like no, not he, he just, just he didn't just understand quite didn't what understand he was the dealing implications with. Of right. the, if yeah. anyone woos the bad guy, because Wu was the guy who was like, look at what I can do. You know, yeah, without really I thinking things all through. This. Yeah, because yeah. like even because yeah. when Doctor Sattler and Hammond are like having that conversation, when she's kind of like, I didn't have enough respect for that power, and now it's yeah. out there. It's kind of like, yeah, he he didn't respect what he was dealing with enough, and yeah. this is what happened. So yeah. like, I mean, like yeah, like Wu, you could argue is the villain, but it's like this is also yeah Hammond's fault. Yeah, yeah, the villain here, I think, is definitely just. I mean, what Ian Malcolm sums up is you know. You start to think about whether or not you could, and you know. You never stop to think you should. And the villain there is, you know, our desire to innovate over our 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's also not thinking before you act. The dinosaurs trying the to dinosaurs. eat them. The dinosaurs. And also Dennis Nedry. Yeah. Yeah. You throw you throw in that rogue element <laughs> that is Dennis Nedry, and you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Boom. Chaos theory or something. So, I don't know. All right. Yeah. Does anyone have anything else to say? I mean, I we, like we, this movie. The we, characters we, are good. I mean, yeah. we really only talked about like those few characters. I mean, who else do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Ray Arnold? Do you want to talk about Wu? Do you want to talk about... No, no, just, Wu, Wu has the one scene. Wu has the one scene. Ray Arnold has... Ray Arnold has a couple of scenes a, before a, he, he couple dies. A couple of scenes before he dies off screen. Yeah. Muldoon. Like, hmm. I like a the Hunter. A lot of these other characters exist as almost collateral damage. Yeah, I like, the, I like the Hunter very, very much red shirt. And so I, I, I feel like it's very similar to Akira in that kind of respect yeah. where all these other characters are just kind of there to... I, I feel like in Jurassic Park more so than Akira there, definitely more so just there to kind of move the plot along. Yeah, you definitely have a group of them. I would just say between Jurassic Park and Akira, Jurassic Park has more... More uh, main players. More main players. More main players. More consequential players. Or consequential players than Akira. But they definitely both use characters to... Yeah, okay. Like I I understand that. I'm I'm just trying to kind of... Yeah, the, I'm just trying to kind of think about yeah, it. As we come yeah. into our yeah, since final we are, discussion. Since we're winding down here. So are there any questions about what we're considering here? What we're No. Okay. Do you want to go first? Uh, sure, I will go first. Uh, we're we're going to do winners first, of course. Yes, winners. Um, yeah, this week I'm going to have to give it to Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, like I said, like even though we had some characters who were underdeveloped or you may maybe even lacked screen time or something. I still think I know at least something about every single character in that movie. They're all fairly well characterized and they're all a lot of fun to watch. And so for that, I just think, you know, to make that many characters that enjoyable to watch and, you know, I never felt like I came out of that. I did not come out of that movie feeling like there was anyone I didn't know something about. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I think they do the characterization the best yeah i um i agree and my pick also for winner is couple of the world it's tricky when you you know your main two characters you know scott and um ramona are perhaps like the least dynamic the least dynamic (laughs) but just the sheer volume of characters and how well it introduces and utilizes all of them. Like, I wouldn't say there's ever an underutilized character in that movie. No. Because even Aubrey Plaza, who has, you know, two very short interactions. Three. In there are three. Short interactions, you don't really get to know her, but her, her character serves a definite purpose. She leaves an impact, for sure. Yeah, she leaves an impact. And so everyone, yeah, everyone in even that the film... Pe- like I said, even... Yeah. Or like I wanted to say, I guess. Yeah. Even the people who, I would say, got less screen time than they deserved. I felt like I wanted yep. more of them. And that's not a fault of the characterization. No. That's just me enjoying how they characterize yeah. these. So every, everyone in that movie has an impact. And so, yeah, my winner this week is Scott Pilgrim. I was going to I was going to choose Scott Pilgrim, but hearing you talk about that, uh, I think I'm, a, I'm actually going to choose Akira because I feel like it has... Out, out of the three movies here, it definitely has the most complex character with Tetsuo and then Kaina Kaneda. It's definitely, like, the most layered and complex that have, like, the most, like, emotional and, for Tetsuo, actual, actual physical journey. And you talk about, like, the like sheer volume of characters, which Akira does have, and how well they, 
leave an impact and for like how well like for how often they like pop up and do everything and like like all the characters in Akira do show up again and each of them do serve their specific purpose like there is even though like you can't really recall them by name like you do have the bartender who is there and when Tetsuo kills him it does show that like Tetsuo is willing to like this is who Tetsuo is now and then it's also like there's the implied like importance we kind of talked about in the world building how like this guy at that bar does like he is very important to everybody and like when Kanade finds out he's been killed that he does realize like what he has to do and so it just and I feel like the side characters in Akira do like I feel like there's they have a little bit more going on there's a little bit more to them than uh, the characters in like maybe Jurassic Park but just yeah, because I, yeah, I'm a winner's Akira. Okay. Well, there you go. Robbie? As with all winners, there must be losers. Mm-hmm. Um, one to go in the bathtub? Yeah. <laughs> this one also one, does not get taken one, out. Well, no, it's going to be put in a bath, bathtub and a then taken out. A, a bath, a bath tub. A bath, a bath tub. Oh, my God. And then uh, <laughs> taken out back and shot promptly. Yes. <laughs> in the bathtub. Brett, while we're doing this riffing, could you send us the... <laughs> I'm going to mention it as much as possible during this podcast. Um, no. Um, this is a hard one for me. Because I am... I'm torn between two different possibilities. And because I think that both of them... Both Jurassic Park and Akira have a similar issue with less conse- consequential minor players. <sighs> and what it comes down to for me is what we talked about with a good villain being the reflection of the protagonist and that just being so fun to watch. And so, because I don't think there's as much of that, and even though I think there is volume wise, more characters that are well fleshed out, maybe well fleshed out in Jurassic park. I think I have to say by Jurassic park this week because while you have you know a lot about these characters, I don't know if their conflict is as interesting as Akira. And it's because of that I had to make a decision there. And I think that when it came down to it in my heart of hearts, that's uh, where I think the characteristics or the character development and their placement in this film, what I think I value a little bit more. And so because of that, I'm gonna have to say bye to Jurassic World or Jurassic Park this week. Also say okay. goodbye. Also say goodbye to Jurassic World because it's not good. Oh, um, that one we can take out back and shoot. Oh, we're just gonna take Jurassic World outside and shoot it. Yes, for no reason. It did not compete. My, it's uh, not good. That's the reason. My thought process Sorry. was in a very similar vein. Um, when you think about it, no one character in Jurassic Park has nearly a dynamic journey as either Kaneda or Tetsuo. So neither of them... There's no single character in... in, in, in there's no single character in Jurassic Park that is as dynamic as either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, none of them have a terribly pronounced journey. Ultimately, that movie is about... Jurassic Park is about... It's, it's more about the message of, like, getting across, you know, you know, we shouldn't tamper with the powers that be kind of thing. And it kind of uses its characters to help convey the message more than give themselves their own, like, personal journey. Whereas Akira has a message in it 
Uh, that's not dissimilar. But um, that nature shouldn't be messed with. But it definitely has more uh, impactful and dynamic characters. So I, too, am saying goodbye to Jurassic Park. Yeah, after thinking about it, uh, yeah, there were a lot of good points raised. I'm ultimately going to have to also vote for Jurassic Park just because, like has been said already, no one is as complex or layer. No one has as developed a journey as Tetsuo or Kaneda. And yeah, kind of like almost exactly what you said, Carter, is that Jurassic Park is more about like the dinosaurs and the message than it is about the people who are kind of mm-hmm. secondary to the dinosaurs in a way. Yeah. They're just the players. They're like, not. yeah. And so it's just like, I'm, I'm not happy about it, but yeah, it's kind of already been said. So yeah, yeah. not happy about, it, but I have to vote for Jurassic park. And that, that would, that would do it. Yeah. Oh no. Um, so that, yeah. Send in a, Jurassic Park in a bath in a bath tube. Put, put, putting a velociraptor in a bathtub and. No, we're we're putting the entire island oh. in a bathtub. The ocean. We are creating the world's biggest bathtub. The ocean. To scoop this island out of the sea. The ocean. And then, launch it into space or something. I don't know. Okay. Or do we also build the world's biggest staircase? Who knows. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Um, All right. So, yeah, there we have it. Our final two. Akira and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Damn. It's going to be quite the conversation next week. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. That will be a lot of fun. Um, uh, Especially because I'll have to rewatch both of them. Hey-o. Yes. And we'll have a special guest to help us choose. Yes, we should. Hey-o. We should have a special guest. We should. We should. All right. So, I was having issues with sending this thing to you guys, but I'll let you know if... Let me let me just see the list and see oh. if the one I'm thinking of was what, what, what just what is it? Well, here just, oh, just let me I'll, do your recommendations. Yeah, well. I'll I'll go first and then you can go and then we'll let Robbie go. God, I got to think of a recommendation. Yes, <laughs> I already have one. Yes, we know. But uh, you can find me on Twitter at ca spilliards like spill something yard and an s. Um, also on Instagram at Carter underscore spilliards I think. Something like that. I don't have any pictures, so go follow me just if you want for, you know, the shits and giggles. Anywho, <laughs> trying to kill time while Rob is looking at this list. My recommendation this week goes to the fantastic film just opened uh, for me this past weekend. I guess for y'all it will also be this past weekend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the new Spike Lee joint, Black Klansman, is phenomenal. It is... Um, very, very uh, impactful and powerful. Um, also, very funny, and it's it's got some it's got a surprising amount of comedy in it. I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's very, very good. All of the performances are fantastic. Um, it definitely hits hard, um, and it's got some parts that it's like very. It's on the nose. But it's supposed to be on the nose, and it it's good. Like, it, it's not one of those things where you hear it, and you're like, oh, they're being cheeky. It's like, no, this is something that needs to be emphasized. Like, so it, it's this very is, much a say it louder for the people yeah, in the back. Say, kind yeah, of it's on very, the much a, very much a say it louder. This is, you know, you need to know this kind of thing. And it's, yeah, it's very, very good. Go see it. 
Also, Spike Lee, come on the podcast. <laughs> anyone, come on the podcast. Any, anyone, there we go. It's covered on. for the rest of the episodes Jeez. forever. If you're cool, please come on the podcast. Uh, I am at Robbie underscore DeShazer on Twitter and Instagram. Go follow me. Go follow me there. I'm just gonna start having a stroke on Mike and keep going. You know, um, go follow me there. I post stuff that I hope you like. Uh, this week, I am going to recommend that you get out and go see uh, Eighth Grade in the theaters while it is still out there. It's been out here in Austin for quite a while now, but I know we had kind of one of the limited early release cities. So while you're go see Bo Burnham's Eighth Grade, it is fantastic. If you like his style of comedy, you will love this movie. Uh, he's such an empathetic filmmaker, I think, and I'm excited to see what he does next. And um, Elsie Fisher, who does a fantastic job in it, is so much fun to watch and is a treasure. Um, but seriously, if you've experienced the eighth grade, you will, <laughs> you know, you will laugh and cry yeah. along with this movie. That movie is yeah. beginning to end cringe. I don't think I ever relaxed I, until the credits hit. Yes, I, but I loved it. It was and fantastic. It was so good. There's something in almost every character in that movie to identify with. That movie was on the nose in the best way possible in that you're watching it and you're like, <laughs> I know this. I lived this. Yes. <laughs> Everyone lived this. Can no I, one No yeah. one had a good eighth grade. Yeah. Everyone's eighth grade was shit. No, no spoilers in this, but like, I found it amazing in that movie that you could identify both with like, you know, the nerdy kids who, you know, don't get a fair shake from the popular people, but also you can see that there's a hierarchy and know that, you know, I probably, you know, even though I maybe identify with a character like Kayla, I made fun of kids who were weirder than me, you know, and I should feel like a jerk for acting just like the, you know, the bullies in the movie. Wow, Robbie. Why are you such a bully? God, Robbie. I don't know. This is an anti-bullying podcast. This is an anti-bullying podcast. In fact, leave. Ugh. I was trying to make a nice week. (laughs) This week, I'm voting off Robbie. Yeah, let's vote off Robbie. Why do you have to be such a bully? I'm going to take Robbie out back. (laughs) No, we're not going to do that. (laughs) No. <laughs> remember when you when you guys got onto me for being a bully and so you bullied me? Yep. Yes. I remember that. It just happened. It's for the greater good. Eighth grade. Go see it. Written and directed <laughs> by Bo Burnham. So much fun. I love it. You can find me on Twitter and Snapchat at Brett J H N S N number one. I'll start posting reviews of movies again when I have the chance. I've been You've been hit. doing pretty good about it. Yeah, but I've I've hit a lapse. I've been busy lately. Sorry everybody. But I'll get I'll get back on that. So, uh, yeah, I'll review movies. Let me know what you think. Let me know what movies you want me to review. Tell me I'm bad at what I do or whatever. Uh, my recommendation, uh, I didn't think I was going to be recommending this when the episode started, but I thought about it. I'm actually going to recommend, uh, came out recently, uh, the animated movie Teen Titans Go to the Movies. It's I want to see it. Is it good? It, it's it a, lot it's a lot of fun. It's cute. It's quite it's, charming. It's, yeah, it's very charming. How it's, much of the show do I need to have seen? None. None. You, okay. you just need to like. You just need to be familiar with the characters. Like they they okay. in, they introduce themselves at the very beginning, so you'll know who they are. But like it's like you could go, like it. It's fine. You can enjoy it yeah. without with having like zero comic book knowledge. Things are enhanced if you do have some comic book knowledge, but it's not yeah. a necessity. Like you have rudimentary comic book knowledge and really movie because they make more movie references. They, they make they they make references to everything. everything. They they poke fun at. Warner Brothers Studios, yeah. they poke fun at Marvel Studios, they poke fun at like superhero movies yeah. as a medium and just like I've got some crazy deep cuts in that movie. Oh too. my god, it's oh but like it's so good. I I just had so much fun that entire movie, but just like 
fair warning, like, it is a children's movie, so there is a fair amount of toilet humor and butt humor and poop and fart jokes, but, like, you go... Best kind of jokes. No. Absolutely. You go into it knowing that, like, you can kind of roll your eyes and let it roll off, because there's so much other good stuff in that movie that it's just... Just it, let the poop roll off you. God. But it's it's a lot of fun. It's really cute. Like, even if you're one of those people that's, like... Like the original Teen Titans cartoon purist, so you hate Teen Titans Go. Just like, give give this one a chance. Just realize it's something different, and just have fun with it because it's just mm-hmm. it was very entertaining. Also, stay for the post credit scene. Yes, there, yes, there's a there's a mid credit scene, and then like a little Easter egg at the very end of the credits. It's just it's just a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Go All right, it. I'll go check it out. Everyone, go watch movies this weekend. Yeah, just I watch yeah, just watch, watch movies. movies. Let's know what we're gonna be watching movies as we start gearing up for season, season four season four, four baby we're gonna get a new 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 co-host, co-host. we're mm. gonna have eight fresh movies right out of the oven eight fresh yeah eight fresh movies eight fresh eight movies fresh movies. They smell like fresh baked bread and we're gonna have a, a guest next week we're have so a we'll guest have... next week who will not be our co-host who will not yes so don't make don't think that that's gonna be some kind of backdoor pilot no 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 but if you want to back to our pilot, there's no. other episodes of the podcast. Well, yeah, we'll be announcing our co-host at the bonus episode after our finale. Hey-o. Yes, yeah, and oh, maybe even on Twitter beforehand. Maybe on Twitter beforehand, and also we'll make our movie announcements there. Yeah, for season Hey-o. four, which should be quite exciting. I guess but I also, gotta yeah, pick yeah. movies. No theme this next season. Uh, we'll be doing regular movies again, just because this one was so abbreviated. Yes, yes. yes. Um, but it's been a lot of fun for us. Yeah. We have a, fi- a finale episode. It doesn't. It feels too early to be doing a finale. <laughs> yeah. It's very quick. Oh, real quick because this is the first time uh, we've been po- we post an episode on Anchor. Yes, which is our brand new podcast hosting uh, service. This isn't a paid spot or anything can- like that. Uh, but now our new website, filmfracas.com, will take you to the brand new Anchor.fm forward slash film dash fracas. That'll take you there. Our podcast, nothing should absolutely change for you, except if you go to that website, there's a little button, little, it's pretty big, big purple button that says support this podcast. You can set up uh, three different, there's three different kinds of support levels, but you can just give us a little bit of cash, you know, per month, and it'll, it'll really help us, you know, make the show better. Help us do anything. Um, it's Maybe really easy. Get out from my kitchen. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, you can, you know, give us a dollar a month, five dollars a month, or ten dollars a month, and we will be, you know, so 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 grateful to you. It'll help us make some of these, some of this new content we want to start pushing out to you guys uh, a lot easier. Yes. So, mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you for supporting us from day one. Uh, but this has been a great episode of Film Fracas. It's been a episode of Film, Film Fracas. <laughs> turn it. To, turn Signing it. off. Turn in next week for uh, tune in next. Tune in next week for the exciting uh, final conclusion to season three. We look forward to it. We hope you guys look forward to it. Already, I'm afraid it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be crazy. There's gonna be blood, sweat, and tears all over the place. Already doing all three of those things right now. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Film Practice. We know there are a lot of shows on the web, and we are so glad you took the time to listen to ours. Thank you to Brett Johnson and Robbie DeShazer for writing and producing each episode. Please consider giving us a five-star rating wherever you listen. It really does help get the word out. 
can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Film Fracas. Once again, thanks for listening, and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode.